Hi, and welcome to Albuquerque Real Estate Talk with Tigo and Tracy Venturi, as always, as well as we have a special guest this week talking about a, a great lending program that a lot of people are really going to want to know about and take advantage of. So we're going to do that. Um, Tracy, episode 464. Over I nine years doing the radio show and doing several years of a podcast and having it on YouTube and Facebook and everywhere else people see their podcasts. And just because that CNBC found you and interviewed you for um, their their episode on real estate around the country. And we were glad that they featured uh, Albuquerque as one of the the, the markets to kind of look at because we kind of get forgotten sometimes. I don't sometimes know. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. So Albuquerque, uh, welcome all our listeners. Um, best way to reach us, Tigo, here at Real Broker is our phone, 448-8888. We're online. Welcome home, abq.com. So tell us what we're going to be talking about today. First, it's been a pretty good balloon fiesta oh week, my gosh. all in all, right? And, yeah. you know, this is the last weekend, and hopefully it's a, another another great uh great final weekend for balloon fiesta so i think all the balloonists and the chase crews must be exhausted because we had saturday saturday night sunday sunday night monday tuesday wednesday yeah just all those days in a row with no bad weather that could keep them from ballooning and give them an opportunity if, to if get I a rest call last year was not very good i think we had a lot of rain as i recall yeah i it, it, they all kind of blur together i guess over the years but yeah yeah Anyway, so uh, anyway, Tracy, um, I've got some home price forecasts, some of the latest home price forecasts. We'll we'll cover that here a little bit later. You've got an interesting story about um, our grandparents moving to be closer to their grandkids. Yeah, yeah but but first and foremost, I want to bring in um, Joanna uh, Rushing with uh, PRMI Mortgage. Primary Residential Mortgage. Primary Residential Mortgage, affectionately known as PRMI. Um, Joanna, you've been doing mortgages here in Albuquerque, local lender for a long time. Anyway, thanks for being here. You came in and talked to our team um, the other day about this program that you guys have for uh, remodel and loans where you can use to remodel a property. So let's jump into that. First off, introduce Welcome. yourself and uh, how, how people can get a hold of you. And your license. Yeah, yes, awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. I appreciate it very much. Um, like you said, my name is Joanna Rushing. I'm with Primary Residential Mortgage. My NMLS is 1427054. Um, I've been in lending for just under 10 years. It'll be 10 years uh, this upcoming summer. Wow, time and flies. It does, it really does. Yeah. I was waiting tables for a long time. I had no idea that this job even existed and, and I really found my calling and well, I remember what, what you told me about your your father was a CPA, right? Mm -hmm. And and what, what did you tell me? He he, you said you didn't want to. Yeah, I, I went to my dad, and it was about ten years ago, and I said, "I'm so tired of waiting tables, Dad. You know everybody in town. Does anybody that you have a client? Does anybody need an assistant? I'll do anything." And he yeah. said, "Yeah, I've got a guy who's a mortgage broker. He needs an assistant." And I remember my first day, I said, what's a mortgage? And the poor guy looked at me like a deer in headlights and thought, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and now here I am. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way. And well, you you must have some of that CPA in your blood because you are really good with the numbers. I know just from experience. And well, obviously, that's a big part of mortgage lending is looking at numbers and 
crunching all the numbers and trying to figure out the best program for people and all that. Exactly. Yeah. And I know a lot of other lenders look up to you and go to you for advice. So good job in 10 years being a, wow. a trusted resource. Yeah. So, okay. All right. All right. There, that, enough of that. Let, let's talk about this program, jo Joanne, um, Joanna. Let me, uh, I'm going to pull it up. Actually, if you're watching on YouTube or um, Facebook, uh, first off, give us a like or a follow. But second off, uh, you can see the, you've got a little bit of information about a reno renovation loan. So go ahead and, and tell us the, tell us what we need to know. Yeah. So renovation loans are kind of the, the hidden gem of the mortgage industry. A lot of people don't know that these exist, but for the right person, this can be a complete and total game changer. So the, really the way that a renovation loan works is it's a single mortgage that allows a, a buyer or a homeowner, so you can do this as a refinance, to borrow against proposed equity instead of existing equity. And so it allows the borrower to finance repairs and renovations as part of one single renovation loan. So this sets it apart from a home equity line of credit um, where you already have to have the equity there in order to borrow against your house. And this also negates the need for you to have, you know, $100,000 in the bank to go ahead and do the repairs on your house. So when I say that we let you borrow against proposed equity, what we're doing is we're saying, okay, once you're done with your renovation, your home's going to be worth more money. So we're going to go ahead and take that into consideration up front and allow you to borrow against that kind of as completed value. And we can wrap everything together in one mortgage and set some money aside for you to be able to do the repairs that you want to do. It's, it's really a, a spectacular uh, program. So this could be used on if you ex existing own the home and you sure. want to do some upgrades, you could you could use this program, but obviously all, also for purchases, correct? Yes. So it works both ways. Um, for a refinance, it's, it's really helpful if maybe you've been in your house for a while and just want to upgrade a few things. Um, I've had clients who have almost completely remodeled their entire house, uh, added on multiple bedrooms, extended the footprint of the house, put in more, um, you know, bathrooms and a playroom. I mean, it's it really kind of the sky's the limit here. As long as you leave the foundation intact and don't destroy the foundation, you can add on to it, but you can't completely raise the house. Got it. And so I'm, I'm thinking about um, people that are, per is this different than a two or three K loan first, I guess is my question. So no, it's not actually, that's a, that's a pretty good um, misconception. A two or three K loan is the renovation product that FHA offers. So there's a couple different versions of the renovation loan. That's kind of the, the umbrella term. And I so then within the umbrella term of renovation loan, you have the FHA version, which is the 203K, and then the conventional version, which Fannie Mae's is called a home style remodel or renovation. And then uh, Freddie Mac just released a new one that's called, I think, Home Choice, if I remember correctly. Got it. So just uh, just a little bit more detail. So if somebody finds a house and it's, you know, whatever, 250000 which, you know, <laughs> in the current market, 250000 it might need some work, right? Just because sure. the, the, the way it is. But it's, and is, are there any um, restrictions on the condition of the home? Can it be in really rough shape? It can be in truly terrible shape. I mean, again, the only thing that has to remain intact is the foundation. So wow. we've had clients who have used these types of loans to complete construction on a home that was maybe abandoned, uh, like they just got the the framing up and then decided not to complete construction. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we've had homes where it's a complete and total dump and 
we do everything to get it up to livability standards. There's no restriction on the, the condition of the home before. What we are looking for is to get the, the property into livable uh, into a livable condition. So that's kind of the bare minimum. We have to make sure that the, the home is safe and sound, um, there's no uh, safety or health issues, and that it's livable. So, you know, you can't be missing a roof or windows or the electric wires can't be exposed, that type of stuff. Once the renovation's complete, all that can still be there at the beginning. Um, you can buy a house that looks like that and then use the renovation loan to bring it up to basically mortgage standards. Um, that's the, the point. And it's, but that's not the only point, which is great. You don't yeah. necessarily have to only do the bare minimum. You can also use it on a home that's perfectly livable right now, but just needs a little bit of love and updating. So you can redo your kitchen, even though your kitchen's totally fine. It's just still looks like it's from the seventies. Yep. Yeah. And it, 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 on a side note, I was reading, you know, the recent uh, stats on, you know, what renovations give you the most bang for the buck. And, you know, kitchens is still the 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 top one. Kitchens and bathrooms are still the top. Again, it depends where you're starting from. Now, if the kitchen and bathroom are in, you know, pretty good condition, not a big deal. But if they are from, you know, the 70s and kind of in rough shape and formica countertops, you can really get good bang for your buck and a good ROI on those, those updates. So Absolutely. speaking of that, if you've got a house that's already in great shape, you were saying ROI, you know, you, you could use this to add maybe exterior features. How about a swimming pool? Sure. Yeah. So the FHA version does not allow for a swimming pool, but the conventional version does. And uh, really, again, the conventional version doesn't have a whole lot of restrictions. You can't build a separate accessory dwelling unit. Whatever you do has to be a modification of the existing house. So that's so, an important oh, an important point because with yes. the changes in being able to add accessory dwelling units, ADUs in the city, depending on HOAs and guidelines, yeah. that would be uh, a good program, but it doesn't work for that. You can you know, add an, ex uh, a, an attached one. So if you want to add on like a mother-in-law quarters uh, that's still attached to the main building, you could do that, but it can't be a separate structure. Got it. Does it have to be a mother-in-law or can it just be my, my mom? You know, it can be whoever only you are willing to share your space with, Diego. <laughs> <laughs> so you could do some sort of breezeway to, to attach it. Yeah. You know, as long it's as funny, it's some of these terms that we come up with over, you know, the other one's granny flats. It's like, yeah, I had a granny flat. It's like, I like granny flat. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> well, we're in New Mexico. It's got to be, it's a casita, right? It's always exactly. Well, I actually yeah. asked yeah. our renovation specialist who's from Oklahoma uh, something about a casita, and he was like, What is a casita? And I thought, Oh, I, I don't think I realized how regional that term was. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty regional. Yes, that's yeah. for sure. Um, okay, so so back back to your the renovation loan, just a couple questions. So, um, who can do the work? Can the homeowner do the work? So no, that's a really good question. The homeowner cannot do the work. Uh, these types of loans do not allow for any sort of self-help, as you can see down there at the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, you cannot be your own contractor. You cannot be the one who does the work that we end up paying for. Now, kind of the caveat here is a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to pay anybody to paint my house. Well, the paint's not going to affect the livability of the structure. So you could potentially leave the paint off and then do the painting after the fact, but you're not going to be allowed to do, you know, put in your own countertops or your own cabinets or your own toilet, that type of stuff. All yeah. that would have to be done by a licensed and bonded contractor. Yeah. So the work has to be done by a licensed contractor. Now, do you get all the, so one of the things you say here is typical escrow or, you know, contract to close period mm -hmm. is 45 to 60 days. Obviously it's a longer period because there's more sure. due diligence. Now, are there, um, uh, 
uh, I don't know, different types of inspections that have to be done? Do there need plans? Do they need an estimate, a bit of, of all the work? Yeah. So the, the first thing we do whenever we, uh, after we've qualified you for what, what's called the as completed value. So we qualify you for the purchase price of the home as well as the renovation costs. And then that total acquisition cost is what we call it, is what we then qualify you as a buyer for. So if you're qualified up to a purchase price of $400,000, that does not mean that you can find a $400,000 house and then do a renovation on it because you're only qualified up to 400. Sure. So then in that case, if you're qualified to 400, maybe you're looking for a $300,000 house that needs $100,000 worth of work. And then you would be able to qualify for that, make your down payment on the as completed value or the total acquisition cost. Yeah. Uh, so then you'd put your 5% or 10% on 400 rather than the purchase price of 300. But once we get you qualified, then your next step really is to go find a licensed and bonded contractor who can go to the property and write you a very detailed bid of what's going to be done to the property and what it's going to cost. So we asked the contractor to give us a bid written out in the format of labor and materials for each line item, because what we're looking for is we're looking for exactly what's going to be done to the house. Because again, we're, we're lending against proposed equity. So I can't go in and see the granite countertops if I don't know that granite countertops are, is what being put in, right? For my kind of granite, totally different values here. And so the the contractor will give us a bid that says, here's all the line items, here's what each individual thing is gonna cost for labor and material, and here's the bottom line. This renovation that this borrower wants to bring it up to standard and to accomplish the task that the borrower wants is gonna be, say, $75,000. And then we give that same uh, bid to the appraiser and the appraiser goes to the property and says, okay, this home with the work done in this bid is going to be worth X amount of dollars when all said and done. And that's how we kind of then structure the rest of the loan. All of, up until that point, it's been sort of estimates and assumptions. And then once we get the appraiser to say, yep, this is what it's going to be worth, that's when we really can kind of take off. So the 45 to 60 days is usually from the time we have an acceptable bid. That's, that's okay. when really the, the ball starts rolling. Got it. And just on the, on the financing piece, let's say it's a, uh, it's a $400,000 total and it's a $300,000 property. So you got this $100,000 extra loan. Is that taken out in draws just like a construction loan, something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's very similar to construction loan. Okay. So once you yeah. close, no work has been done on the house up until right. that point. So you close, the deed is transferred into your name as the buyer and the seller gets paid their $300,000. The other hundred gets put in escrow and we hold on to it uh, until the work is completed, usually in stages. There's usually up to about five draws and yeah. it all depends on the scope of the work and what's being done and a handful of other things. But sometimes we'll disperse some money to the contractor at closing so that they can you know, go buy your custom cabinets or whatever, but everything else is paid in installments or draws. So right. whenever the uh, contractor has done a certain amount of work, they request a draw and they say, well, I've done this stuff. And then an inspector goes out and says, great, you actually have, here's your check. And then the buyer and the contractor have to sign off on it before the contractor can actually cash that check. Great. So if you're just tuning in, um, we're, we're talking with Joanna Rushing with a primary residential mortgage here in Albuquerque talking about um, remodel loans or- Or purchase to remodel. Purchase to remodel loans, loans. or- Rehab loans. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. Why did that renovation? Word, renovation renovation loan? loans or rehab. We, we use the renovation terms loan. interchangeably. Okay, renovation what? loan for purchase or for an existing yeah. home that you have. And and 
there's a lot of different innuendos. Like if it's FHA, it has to be your primary residence. But if it's um, a conventional loan, it could be even for an investment, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So the two and, loans are, are very similar. Oh, they they uh, accomplish pretty much the same task, but there are a few really important little caveats and, and nuances between the two. Conventional minimum repairs is $5,000. So you're not looking to just do a, a tiny little repair, but FHA will allow you to do even a hundred dollar repair. It, it's probably not going to be worth it to you, but you could yeah. do say like a $4,000 repair on an FHA loan. Um, FHA is for primary residents only. Um, whereas a conventional will let you do it for a second home or an investment property, but it's going to be restricted to single units or, or one unit properties. So we can't rehab a fourplex. On the slide you have here, Joanna, you, you say on conventional minimum 5% down or even 3% for first time home buyers. Correct. So that, that's a great uh, opportunity for somebody to get in a house and, you know, put some sweat equity into it. Exactly. And and what's really cool about these is, again, we're concerned about the the total acquisition cost. So that's what we base that three or three and a half or five percent down payment on is we look at the, the total acquisition cost of the purchase price plus the renovation costs. And then we do three and a half percent or five percent or whatever on that total amount. So in this example here that's on the screen, if the purchase price is $200,000 and it needs $75,000 worth of renovation costs, then your total acquisition cost is two seventy-five, dollars And now your 5% down payment is $13,750 because that's 5% of two seventy-five, dollars rather than 5% of two hundred dollars plus you now coming up with $75,000 to do your repairs. Exactly. So it makes it in the realm for most people to be able to afford it because not everybody has $75,000 to be able to put into a house after they put money down and close on a house. Crazy. So how many times over the years and the thousands of, you know, people we've helped over the years, have there been places where people wanted to buy a property, they didn't have the funds in the bank to do it, but they wanted the property, they wanted to do the fix up, but they just, you know, didn't have the opportunity to, they didn't qualify for 203K or something else. Anyway, I mean, it just seems like there's a huge opportunity right now. And especially in our current market where we have very tight supply, very few homes on the market. A lot of people are staying put and not moving as often. And and people are, uh, what, that, what was the term we were using? It was um, up, upgrade in place, upgrade in place, basically. Or or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Move, move up in place. That was the term we were saying. It's like move up in place. Basically, you know, the whole thing we have, we have a term in real estate. We talk about, you know, the move up buyer, right? They're moving up from the starter home to the next home or whatever while they're doing, they're moving up in place. They're staying there and they're just making the house what they need. Um, so this is a, a great opportunity for, for that. And, and one last question along that line, if somebody already has a mortgage, can that mortgage stay in place and this be a second or it has to be a total refi? So no, this is a total refi. This is not a second mortgage. This okay. is a first mortgage. But right. again, for the person who this is good for, it's really good for them. Yeah. If you already have the equity in your house and you don't have to, you know, you could go get a HELOC and keep your 3% interest rate on your mortgage, then I, in many cases, would advise you to do that. And I've told mm -hmm. clients, don't do this loan, go get a HELOC. But yeah. for a lot of people, that's not an option. And that's what this loan is built for, is the person yeah. that doesn't have the money in the bank, doesn't have the equity already in their house, and still needs to do the upgrades or renovations or whatever, this is the way to go for them. But it's not for everybody. And, and I'm really upfront about that. But for the person that it's right for, it's a spectacular deal. So Joanna, thank you so much. So one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about is how 
you give good advice. And, and that's one of the things about having good local lenders, right? When we get somebody with, you know, buying a home is complex and getting the right loan program, it, it's pretty important, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that yeah. it's easy to see mortgage loan officers as used car salesmen because we're just trying to get the deal done. And that's just not the case for a good loan officer. We are very interested in helping you accomplish your goals and helping you do what makes the most sense for your family. So when I do my consultations with my clients, a lot of times I say, okay, you're qualified to $500,000, but you've already expressed to me that you don't like that payment. And let's be honest, in Albuquerque, you don't have to spend $500,000 to get a great house. And so I tell them all the time, I'm going to tell you what you can do, but it's up to you what you want to do. And I'll support that 100% of the time. Just because you're qualified to 500 does not mean in any way you need to go spend that money. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. One Great. of the things we appreciate. Yeah, I'm going to segue into something else. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot, Joanna. I'm ready. What, what, what are mortgage rates going to do? Because we know in the last <laughs> month, it's been pretty brutal. You should it's, call it's, uncle on I that mean, one. We're, we're in, you know, we're in, you know, basically mid-October. Well, we are mid-October, mid-October. And, you know, earlier in the year, I know myself and a lot of other people believe that mortgage rates would have been coming down by now, but instead they've gone up even more. Now we're at like a, what, a 20 year high in, in mortgage rates. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty brutal. And I, I saw in the, the recent, uh, I think it's uh, home purchase sentiment index. I don't know if it's Fannie or Freddie. One of those organizations does that, that survey about home purchase sentiment. And and uh, the biggest downer has been home prices. Well, recently now the biggest downer is mortgage rates. Sure. Um, and, and so, what did your crystal ball tell you? <laughs> it's broken today, believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. Tough luck. Um, he, here's my my take on on the subject: is that the market is like a pendulum. Okay. So in a stable market, we're kind of swinging like this right here in the middle. Yep. And what happened was COVID happened and the Fed went, oh, no, we need to make sure that the economy doesn't crash. And so they flooded the market buying mortgage-backed securities and did what's called quantitative easing. So when they did that, they pushed the pendulum way over here and we had artificially low rates that were just never going to last. Tons of people capitalized on it and it did exactly what the Fed was trying to do. It stimulated the economy, right? So our economy did not crash. The problem is, is that they created something that had so much pent up energy that whenever they stopped the quantitative easing, what happened is they cut that string and it went. Yep. And now we're on this side where we have artificially high rates, in my opinion. So if we have that same pent up energy, what's going to happen is it's going to have to come back and settle. Now, where it's going to settle or when it's going to settle, we don't exactly know. But I firmly believe based on, you know, just historical trends and the way that we got here, that it is eventually going to settle. In my mind, I, I'm telling people, you know, realistically, you need to be willing to make the mortgage payment that I'm giving you right now for the foreseeable future. But I think you're going to have an opportunity to refinance probably in the next two to three years. That, that, that's that's what I would say, too. I would say give it two to three years because there's, like you said, it, it swung so far now the other direction and exactly. on the high end that. But, but, you know, there's people out there saying, you know, we're going to have 9%, right? We're going to have 10%. I'm like, well, uh, and here, here's the thing is yeah. when we swung right yeah. to this other side, we don't know if we've swung all the way. And this mm -hmm. is kind of the no man's land that we're in right now, mm -hmm. where we don't know if we've hit the peak yet and it's yeah. coming down 
or if we've got a little bit higher to go before we hit the peak. They can't stay here forever just because they don't, right? Even in the yeah. 80s and, and 90s, the rates didn't stay that way forever because rates are cyclical and rates are constantly moving up and down. And that's exactly what they're going to do here. They're going to move up and down. But the important thing to remember is that real estate is not a short game. It is a long game. We are writing 30-year mortgages that you're yeah. probably not going to have for 30 years, but you're going to be living in houses for the rest of your life, ideally. Well, so, I don't know. A lot of those people that have three and 4% mortgages may stay in there for, th and that that's the problem we're seeing on our side right. is people are like, you know, what, what's the stat? 80% of people have a 5% or lower mortgage rate right now that yeah. have mortgages. There's another third of all us homes that have, that are free and clear. So people have a lot of equity and a lot of people are locked in at these amazing 30 year fixed rates of, you know, sub four, 4%. So, um, that's, that's, you know, one of the challenges right now and why sure. prices, which is my next story. If, if I can jump into that, Joanna is, yeah. um, just the, the, the latest read from all the experts, I'm going to say air quote experts in the housing economy. Actually, I, I, I shouldn't do that because, um, one of the surveys that's done, it's, um, it's the home price projecting home price, um, expectation survey from pulse. Pulsonomics, which is uh, they, they they survey a hundred different housing and big brain economists, people that look at the housing world and the residential real estate, and the average of all of their expectations puts it right about three percent for for the year by the end of the year. However, Fannie Mae is at 4% and Zillow's at 5.5%. And actually, Zillow's been a little more accurate than the others. Um, Zillow has a lot of data. I will tell you that just from an insider perspective. They know what's going on in the real estate world. Um, the thing that's really interesting, though, NAR, National Association of Realtor, expected uh, uh, home prices to be flat for the year. But they would have to drop from here substantially to get to that number for, for the end of the year, you know, for the, for the fourth quarter. So anyway, you know, it's, there's, there's so much, um, guessing game going on with, with home prices. And, you know, here in Albuquerque, it's very different than what's happening in Austin. For example, Austin's like the poster child of the market crashing right now, but even know, their crash though is not substantial. Yeah, exactly. We're talking very small decrease in prices yeah. in Austin. Yeah. It's, uh, not had, like, it's not like a fire sale. They had like a 70% market appreciation in two or three years where we had 40% of price appreciation in two or in three years. So anyway, that that's interesting. Tracy, do you want to cover that other story you had today? And, um, that was interesting about people moving. So the grandparents, yeah, yeah. So our grandparents moving to be closer to their grandkids. So Joanna, I know you have young children. You have I grandparents do. around to help you out. Yes. And but I, you're from here, right? I am. Yes. Yeah. So they didn't have to move. Um, of course, um, it's, it's an interesting story, Tigo, but when you come down to it, not everybody wants their grandparents to be close to them. They might like be happy that they visit and then they go home. Sure. Right. But I think for the most part, what the story says is a lot of people are moving to be closer to their children and grandchildren to be supports and just to have that family time. I think, you know, they all, everything seems to relate to COVID these days. But, you know, thinking about quality of life and, and spending time with who's important to you. Yeah, the thing that I found is that the, you know, the, the 55 plus age group 
is more likely to move a longer distance than people under 55, which exactly. just makes perfect sense. And yeah. what we know, and probably you've experienced it, Joanna, we're seeing a lot less people moving for jobs that need to buy a house. You know, I would think that our loans in, in you know, primary residential mortgage locally, a lot of people are moving locally versus a lot more relocations for work. Joanna, yeah, I would agree with that. I want to put you on the spot. Um, again, again, poor Joanna. I know, I know. I know but she's so I'm ready scared. for this. Okay. AD, she, she was built for a, this. ADUs, uh, sure. granny flats, mother-in-law quarters, whatever Casitas. we want to call them. Casitas, right? Whatever we call them. Um, are there financing options? So if I own a home and I want to put a, a casita in my, my yard, are there financing options for those people? Yeah, you'd need to do a construction loan. Okay. Got it. Okay. We'll leave it at that. And, and, um, again, Joanna, thanks for joining us for our, our show episode. Absolutely. Just like more. that. And the show's know, over. Just like that, it's I didn't over. even get to all our open houses and oh, homes of the oh, week. I know. Oh, but oh, get oh. online. We, we have them all there on our website at yeah. welcomehomeabq.com. Thanks so much, Joanna. Always appreciate, uh, hearing from you and sharing your wisdom. And last Absolutely. thing, Joanna, if somebody wants to get get a hold of you, talk about mortgage and you know just finance, house financing. How how do they get a hold of you? Uh, easiest way is my cell phone. I can be reached Great. at five zero five nine one seven six one zero two, and uh, my email is jrushing like rushing out the door at primeres.com. And uh, I am painfully available. So please send me a text. I love <laughs> like talking that. about mortgages. Painfully available. That sounds like every realtor too. We're it, it is. Available. Yeah. 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 That's but I think my friends do. are tired of hearing me talk about mortgages. So I'd love to talk to somebody who wants to talk about mortgages. <laughs> and just to close it out, um, Parade of Homes, we need to talk about that at some point. But we'll post something on our website about Parade of Homes. But all right, everybody, thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate you, Joanna. And well, uh, you. have appreciate a great weekend. Yeah. yeah. If you want to get thank hold you. of the Venturi Realty Group, we're at 505 505- 448-8888. We're with Real Broker here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Take care.